0: Welcome Radio presents the Vocable Hour, poems and prose from our hearts to yours, with Ali Croker, Fiona Gulec and Danny Mazevic, broadcasting every Monday evening from six till seven. Thank you for tuning in to the Vocable Hour once again with me, Danny Mazevic, and I have some Extraordinarily beautiful poems to share with you today Beginning with quite a long poem to start with And I did wonder about whether I should cut it down But I think you'll appreciate, at least I hope I will If I manage to get a reasonable run at it That you'll understand why I have to read the whole of this poem Now this poem is called um, When lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed By Walt Whitman Walt Whitman was known for producing grand poems. He is thought to be the Mount Rushmore of American poetry, a very imposing figure in the landscape of American writing, quite correctly, in my humble opinion. He combines a sort of simplicity of expression with uh, an ability to touch the heart of the cosmos, uh, I don't I'm quite sure he would put it. he put it slightly differently, but he didn't shy away from trying to reach into the most significant topics of life and uh, bring them to the attention of ordinary mortals such as myself. Um, I was in the most gorgeous countryside this weekend, and I Thought of this, I thought of this poem. Funnily enough, there was a sort of um, magic about the territory that uh, we were in uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and it really did spark off the need for me to write a poem about it. And uh, Whitman has this similar when you when you hear it. I'm giving it a big build up. I I hope justifiably. I, I believe so. Whitman had a, set, had a relationship with nature that was very similar to, to William Wordsworth in this in this country. Had a sense that nature was almost spiritual or you know, godlike presence, far beyond not a not a not a, um, a sense of, of of the nature being separate to human beings, but us being one, being one and our emotions being part of the landscape, almost. Which I find very, very exciting. So here we are, very nervous about this, because it is so extraordinary. I need to try and get the nuances right. And that will lead us into the rest of our poems for today, which are equally beautiful, though not as long. And um, the theme for... Today is New Life. When Lilacs Last in the Dooryard Bloomed by Walt Whitman. When lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed, and the great star early drooped in the western sky in the night, I mourned. And yet shall mourn with ever-returning spring. Ever-returning spring. Trinity, sure to me you bring. Lilac, blooming perennial. And drooping star in the west. And I thought of she I love. O oh, powerful Western, fallen star, o oh, shades of night, O oh, moody, tearful night! A great star disappeared, Oh, the black murk that hides the star, o oh, cruel hands that hold me powerless, oh. Helpless soul of me. Oh, harsh surrounding cloud That will not free my soul. In the dooryard, fronting an old farmhouse, Near the whitewashed palings, Stands the lilac bush tall growing, with heart-shaped leaves of rich green. With many a pointed blossom, rising delicate, with the perfume strong I love. With each leaf a miracle. And from this bush, in the dooryard, with delicate coloured blossoms and heart-shaped leaves of rich green. A sprig, with its flower, I break. In the swamp, in secluded recesses, A shy and hidden bird is warbling a song. Solitary the thrush, the hermit, Withdrawn to himself, avoiding the settlements. Sings by himself a song, Song of the Bleeding Throat, Death's Outlet Song of Life. For well, dear brother, I know, If thou wast not granted to sing, thou wouldst surely die. Over the breast of the spring, the land, amid cities, amid lanes, and through old woods, where lately the violets peeped from the ground, spotting the grey debris. Amid the grass in the fields, each side of the lanes passing the endless grass, passing the yellow-speared wheat, every grain from its shroud in the dark brown fields uprisen. Passing the apple-tree blows of white and pink in the orchards, Carrying a corpse to where it shall rest in the grave. Night and day journeys a coffin, Coffin that passes through lanes and streets, Through day and night, with the great cloud darkening the land, With the pomp of the in-looped flags, With the cities draped in black, with the show of the states themselves, as of a crepe veiled women standing, with processions long and winding, and the flambeau of the night, with the countless torches lit, with the silent sea of faces and unbared heads, with the waiting depot, the arriving coffin, and the sombre faces with dirges through the night. With the thousand voices rising strong and solemn. With all the mournful voices of the dirges Poured around the coffin, The dim-lit churches and the shuddering organs, Where amid these you journey With the toiling, tolling bells perpetual clang. here coffin that slowly passes, I give you my sprig of lilac. Nor for you, for one alone, Blossoms and branches green To coffins all I bring. For fresh as the morning, Thus would I chant a song for you, O sane and sacred death. All over, bouquets of roses, Oh, death, I cover you with roses and early lilies. But mostly, and now the lilac that blooms from the first, copious, I break, I break the sprigs from the bushes, with loaded arms, I Boring for you. O western orb, Sailing the heaven, Now I know What you must have meant, As a month since I walked, As I walked in silence, The transparent, shadowy night. As I saw you had something to tell, As you bent to me, night after night. As you drooped from the sky, low down as if to my side, While all the other stars looked on. And as we wandered together the solemn night, For something I know not what kept me from sleep. As the night advanced, and I saw on the rim of the west How full you were of woe, as I stood on the rising ground In the breeze, in the cool, transparent night, As I watched where you passed, and was lost In the netherwood black of the night, as my soul in its trouble Satisfied, sank, as were you, Western Orb, Concluded, dropped in the night, and was gone. Sing on there in the swamp, O singer, bashful and tender, I hear your call. I hear. I come presently. I understand you. And for a moment I linger, for the lustrous star has detained me, the star my departing comrade holds and detains me. Oh, shall I warble myself With the dead one there I loved? And how shall I deck my song For the large sweet soul that has gone? And what shall my perfume be For the grave of him I loved? Sea winds blown from the east and west, Blown from the eastern sea, And blown from the western sea, Till there on the prairies meeting these, And with these and the breath of my chant, I'll perfume the grave of him, my love. And what shall I hang on the chamber walls, And what shall the pictures be that I hang on the walls? to adorn the burial-house of him I love. Pictures of growing spring, and the farms and homes, with the fourth month eve at sundown, and the grey smoke lucid and bright, with the floods of the yellow gold of the gorgeous, indolent, sinking sun, burning, expanding the air with the fresh sweet herbage underfoot and the pale green leaves of the trees prolific in the distance the flowing gaze, the breast of the river with a wind dapple here and there, with ranging hills on the banks, with many a line against the sky, and shadows and the city at hand, with dwellings so dense, and stacks of chimneys, and all the scenes of life, and the workshops and the workmen homeward returning, lo! body and soul this land my own manhattan with spires and the sparkling and hurrying tides and the ship the varied and ample land, the south and the north in the light, Ohio's shores, and flashing Missouri, and ever the far spreading prairies covered with grass and corn. Lo, the most excellent sun, so calm and haughty, the violet and purple morn with just felt breezes, the gentle, soft, born measureless light, the miracle spreading, bathing all, the fulfilled noon, the coming eve delicious, the welcome night and the stars over my cities, shining all, enveloping man and land, sing on, sing on you grey-brown bird. Sing from the swamps, the recesses, pour your chant from the bushes, limitless out of the dusk, out of the cedars and pines. Sing on, dearest brother. Warble your reedy song, loud human song, with voice of uttermost woe, oh liquid and free and tender, oh, wild, and loose to my soul, O oh, wondrous singer, you only I hear, and yet the star holds me will soon depart, and yet the lilac with mastering odour holds me. Now while I sat in the day and looked forth in the close of the day with its light and the fields of spring and the farmers preparing their crops, in the large unconscious scenery of my land, with its lakes and forests in the heavenly aerial beauty, after the perturbed winds and storms. Under the arching heavens of the afternoon, and the voices of children and women, the many moving sea-tides, and I saw the ships, how they sailed, and the summer approaching with richness, and the fields all busy with labour, and the infinite separate houses, how they all went on, each with its meals and minutiae of daily usages, and the streets, how their throbbings throbbed, and the cities pent low, then and there, falling upon them all, And among them all, enveloping me with the rest, appeared the cloud, appeared the long black trail, and I knew death, its thought, and the sacred knowledge of death. And then with the knowledge of death, as walking one side of me, And the thought of death close walking the other side of me. And I in the middle, as with companions, And holding the hands of companions, I fled forth to the hiding, receiving night that talks not, Down to the shores of the water, The path by the swamp in the dimness, To the solemn shadowy cedars And ghostly pines so still. And the singer so shy To the rest received me. The grey-brown bird I know Received us comrades three. And he sang the carol of death And a verse for him I love. From deep secluded recesses, From the fragrant cedars and ghostly pines, So still came the carol of a bird, And the charm of the carol wrapped me, As I held as if by their hands my comrades in the night, And the voice of my spirit tallied the song of the bird, Come, lovely and soothing night, undulate around the world, serenely arriving, arriving in the day, in the night, to all, to each. Praised be the fathomless universe, for light and joy. And for objects and knowledge curious And for love, sweet love But praise, praise, praise For the sure, winding arms of cool, enfolding life Dark mother always gliding near with soft feet. Have none chanted for thee a chant of fullest welcome? Then I chant it for thee. I glorify thee above all. I bring thee a song. That when thou must indeed come, Come unfalteringly. Approach. Strong Deliveress. When it is so, When thou hast taken them, I joyously sing the life, Lost in the loving floating ocean of thee. From me to thee, Glad serenades, Dances for thee I propose, Saluting thee, Adornments and feastings for thee. And the sights of the open landscape And the high-spread sky are fitting, And life and the fields And the huge and thoughtful night, The night in silence under many a star, The ocean shore and the husky whispering wave Whose voice I know. Over the treetops I float, I float thee a song. Over the rising and sinking waves, Over the myriad fields and prairies wide, Over the dense packed cities, All, and the teeming waves and waves I float this carol with joy, With joy to thee, O life. listener I wanted to soak that poem into the airwaves and have it join with the the world about which it speaks and Whitman has this extraordinary ability to combine the ordinary with the well what should we call it the majestic and to resist the easy sorrow of the end of life by reminding himself and me and perhaps you, dear listener, of the constant proximity of new life. This bird singing in the swamp, a South American, you know, southern United States swamp, and the city's teeming with life. Anyway, I'm at risk of of undermining the poem by by paraphrasing it. So, so I won't. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. It's when selecting poems about new life, it's very tempting just to go for fairly obvious and perhaps rather less challenging ideas of what new life might be now a vocable hour for me wouldn't be a vocable hour without a little bit of Buddhism would it now uh, dear listener and uh, uh, not, well, we're not wishing to push this upon you in any way dear listener but I do find this uh, these words of uh, of Thich Nhat Hanh so helpful so inspiring in this regard Um. I won't quote the whole thing but there is a beautiful beautiful poem that uh, Thich Nhat Hanh um, uh, gives us in his teaching called the Heart Sutra which is a really lovely piece about um, I remind myself I am impermanent I am of the nature to be ill I am of the nature to die and that may on the surface sound a very uh, glum uh, prospect but actually it reminds us doesn't it and i need to remind myself every day that every moment that every breath i take is uh, is new life is a resurrection you know every i'm reborn every moment every moment this moment and the moment just gone and the moment to come and just to finish this this uh, these words of tignatan that he talks about how um, if there were no mud, there would be no lotus. And to celebrate the mud, <laughs> well, dear listener, I don't flatter myself. I believe myself to be very much made of mud, and uh, and most of us, uh, most of us do. I think not many of us are as, are as self-congratulatory as to speak of ourselves as beautiful flowers though we are the mud is beautiful too because from it springs life so let's go back in time a little now to Robert Herrick who wrote in the uh, 17th century just after Shakespeare and who wrote this uh, well, see what you think. I, 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 it expresses the same sort of thing to me, how life is not... I think, yes, this is what I think it does. I hope I managed to convey this at any rate, is that life is not cheap. To daffodils. And then we'll have another song. And this time... You've heard Pink Floyd just now, and oh, I, I don't know about you, dear listener, I'm a huge fan of Pink Floyd because they have this robust and deeply respectful attitude to life and all its possibilities and all its mysteries, indeed. And that uh, the song we just heard was called The Happiest Days of Our Life. And uh, after uh, this Robert Herrick poem we're going to hear, which is a very short poem you may be relieved to, to know, uh, we're going to hear some Mary Blaze, uh, Kate Rusby, who, who has just the most bewitching attitude to the world around her. To Daffodils by Robert Herrick. Fair daffodils, we weep to see you haste away so soon, and yet the early rising sun has not attained his noon stay stay until the hasting day has run but even to the even song and having prayed together we will go with you along we have short time to stay as you we have as short a spring as quick a growth to meet decay as you or anything we die as your hours do and dry away like to the summer's rain or as the pearls of morning's dew never to be found again
1: For merry blaze. She never wanted one good word from those who spoke her praise. The needy seldom passed her door and always found a kind. She freely lent to all the poor who left a perch behind. She strove the neighborhood to please with manners wondrous winning. She never followed wicked ways unless when she was sinning a church in silks and satins near with hoop of monstrous size She never slumbered in a pew but when she closed her eyes
0: isn't that great don't you just want to get up and dance dear listener perhaps you were uh, and it really brings the heart a flutter because it's a nice introduction to this next one which is a sort of slightly contrasting poem about god you'll see I don't think I'll introduce this one it's too too short to, uh, to uh, bear the weight of a long introduction by uh, me and then we'll go into another uh, very upbeat song uh, um, Fat Boy Slim right here right now which, uh, well, uh, whenever I'm feeling a little bit uh, in need of a, a kind of an audio tonic in music form, that's what I, that's what I put on. This is a beautiful poem uh, by um, a little-known poet, uh, Marjorie Pickthor, who wrote this gorgeous poem called "Don't Be Put Off by the Title, Dear Listener." A Daisy Time is uh, is the title, but uh, there's some really extraordinary lines in here. Here we are. Daisy Time by Marjorie Pixel See, the grass is full of stars Fallen in their brightness Hearts they have of shining gold Rays of shining whiteness Buttercups have honeyed hearts Bees they love the clover But I love the daisies dance All the meadow over. Blow blow you happy winds Singing summer's praises. Up and down the field A-dancing with the daisies. Fat boy slim Right here, right now And another poet who uh, has the same attitude to life actually And uh, new life and life of all kinds really Is uh, is this poet, Thomas Carew Now, I'm going to play a little uh, game, uh, dear listener, with you I shan't tell you uh, when this was written I wonder if you, you will probably be able to tell But it has this very, very modern feel to it And I should warn you that uh, Thomas Carew, um, I do apologize. You probably know when Thomas Carew wrote, but he he um, he is also known for writing. What shall I say? Very uh, uh, explicit poetry about uh, about life. Now I have, of course, quality controlled this poem in order to save your blushes, and I'm almost certain that there is nothing of a. What shall we say? Fruity. Nature about this poem, but I may have let the odd phrase slip through. That's just to keep you listening. <laughs> and this is called The Spring. And then I'll tell you what the, uh, when it was written. And then we're going to hear some Enya, Orinoco flow, obviously, because that's got this flow of life and of, uh, of, of confident comfort, actually, with uh, Enya, isn't it? Really? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. The Spring, Thomas Carew Now that the winter's gone, The earth hath lost her snow-white ropes, And now no more the frost candies the grass, Or casts an icy cream Upon the silver lake or crystal stream, But the warm sun Thaws the bee-numbed earth And makes it tender, Gives a sacred birth To the dead swallow, Wakes in hollow tree The drowsy cuckoo And the humble bee. Now do a choir Of chirping minstrels Bring in triumph To the world The youthful spring. The valley's Hills and woods in rich array Welcome the coming of the longed-for May. Now all things smile, only my love doth lower. Nor hath the scalding noonday sun A power to melt that marble ice Which still doth hold her heart congealed, And makes her pity cold. The ox, which lately did for shelter Fly into the stall, Now doth securely lie in open fields, And love no more is made by the fireside, But in the cooler shade. Amentas now doth with his chloris Sleep upon a sycamore, and all things keep time with the season only she doth carry june in her eyes and in her heart january it's <laughs> aubene Great musician, isn't she? That, that uh, really gives you a kind of a spring in your step, as it were—no pun intended. You knew, didn't you, dear listener? I suppose you, you will have heard of uh, of um, Thomas Carew before. Thomas Carew wrote in the also in the seventeenth century, and uh, you can tell that from the you know from the kind of classical references and the uh, archaic language, the hats and these and so on. Um, but isn't it interesting how? Uh, I, what I love about Thomas Carew as indeed I do about the rest all of these poems actually and about most of the poems that one comes across and finds a connection with is how modern all poems are if they are of um, what should we say have to, if they have the edge that make you pay attention to them and that's what's so wonderful about writing poems and there's none of mine in this, in this episode as you'll be jolly pleased to hear but having the ability as these poets have and particularly in this next one by Lisa Olstein, uh, to to arrest you with, you know, when you're kind of skimming through a book of poems and you think, oh, which one shall I read? And you, well, this is how I do it anyway, and I and I uh, flick, my eyes flick onto a line, and I think, oh, that's... Anyway, I, uh, I won't tell you which line it is. It should be perfectly obvious if I do it justice. So this is also about, this is called Dear One Absent This Long While. And there is a real connection to the new life, I think, in this. Although from the title, perhaps you wouldn't, one wouldn't uh, uh, immediately see that. But here we are, here we are. It's really quite remarkable, quite remarkable poem. Comes comes at me from, as it were, my peripheral vision. Dear One Absent This Long While by Lisa Alstein. It has been so wet, stones, glaze in moss. Everything blooms coldly. I expect you. I thought one night it was you at the base of the drive, you at the foot of the stairs, you in a shiver of light. But each time leaves in wind revealed themselves, the retreating shadow of a fox, daybreak we expect you, cat and I, bluebirds and I, the stove. In May we dreamed of wreaths burning on bonfires over which young men and women lapped. June efforts quietly. I've planted vegetables along each garden wall. So even if spring continues to disappoint. We can say at least the lettuce loved the rain. I have new gloves and a new hoe. I practice eulogies. He was a hawk with white feathered legs. She had the quiet ribs of a salamander crossing the old pony post road. Yours is the name the leaves chatter on the edge of the unrabbited woods. The presence and absence of somebody, you know. Somebody, sometimes, dear listener, that's what I get from this poem. Sometimes the absence of somebody can be more immediate than their presence. And now back in time again. John Dryden, uh, as, as with a lot of um, poems in the uh, um, Restoration period, you know, they, they, they're t- they called uh, Song, it's called a song, Song was the even and clear was the sky. It's from a longer poem called An Evening's Love. I have read this before on... Um, Vocable hour, but i well it's so unusual it's so interesting that I, that I, f- I felt i had to read it again but it's also about it's this is about new life and uh, new love and it's unapologetically enthusiastic calm was the even and clear was the sky by john dryden calm was the even and clear was the sky and the new budding flowers did spring, When all alone went Amnitas and I, To hear the sweet nightingale sing, I sat, And he laid him down by me. But scarcely his breath he could draw, For when with a fear he began to draw near, He was dashed with an ah ha ha Ah! He blushed to himself and lay still for a while, and his modesty curbed his desire. But straight I convinced all his fear with a smile, which added new flames to his fire. Oh, Sylvia, said he, you are cruel to keep your poor lover in awe. Then once more he pressed with his hand to my breast, but was dashed with an ah ha, ha, ha. I knew 'twas t'was his passion that caused all his fear, and therefore I pitied his case. I whispered him softly, there's nobody near, and laid my cheek close to his face. But as he grew bolder and bolder, a shepherd came by us and saw— and just as our bliss we began with a kiss, he laughed out with an ah ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> Slightly cheeky, I think you will, I think I may have got away with it. Uh, it's just love that, you know, it's a real moment, a real moment of uh, joyful, nervous anticipation of, well, shall we say, new life it just about fits under that uh, heading and now I think this is probably uh, we, we, we're near the end now I think uh, possibly another another one or two I may get time for if I don't if I don't burble on with my introductions too much I would just beg you if I manage to to, to, to get through this uh, successfully uh, if you do get a chance to have a look at this on the page, it reads so much more interestingly. But I couldn't let this show go by without a bit of E. e. Cummings because he does have this very angular, um, forty-five degree perception of the world. Injust by E. E. Cummings. In just spring, when the world is mud, luscious, the little lame balloon man whistles far, and we, and Eddie and Bill come running from marbles and piracies, and it's spring, and the world is puddle-wonderful. The daft old balloon man whistles far, and Betty and Isbel come dancing from hopscotch and jump rope, and it's spring and the goat footed balloon man whistles far and wide and I think we'll just get one more in I would I would I think there's just enough time for one more and this is called more than enough by Marge Percy oh just some staggering lines in this some staggering images just on the right side of being um over the top, here we go. More than enough by Marge Percy. The first lily of June opens its red mouth. All over the sand road where we walk, multiflora rose climbs trees, cascading white or pink blossoms, simple, intense, the scene drifting like coloured mist. The arrowhead is spreading its creamy clumps of flower, and the blackberries are blooming in the thickets. Season of joy for the bee! The green will never again be so green, so purely and lushly new. Grass. Lifting its wheaty seed-heads into the wind, Rich, fresh wine of June, We stagger into you, Smeared with pollen, Overcome as the turtle, Laying her eggs in roadside sand. Well, dear listener, we've had quite the... Isn't that absolutely gorgeous? That's so sensual, that poem, don't you think, dear listeners? She appeals to every single one of our senses, and it's just so abundantly packed, smeared with pollen. The closeness between ourselves and the things around us is so celebrated by by poets that, personally, I find very... uh, I I respond to very wholeheartedly, shall I say. And This next one, the last one for today, uh, sadly, Though I think I may return to this theme in my next uh, in my next uh, edition of The Vocable Hour, because new life is such an absorbing and magnetic theme. And so it is with Thomas Nash's poem, also from the uh, uh, 17th century, Spring, the Sweet Spring. And as with a lot of these, Shakespeare was fond of this too, there's a lot of kind of this, um, hey nonny no. Uh, type language, as I might call it, very unscientifically, but he just wants to celebrate the sound he hears and the wo- and the the impression that those sounds make on him. And sometimes it is all you can do is to respond with a gasp and a noise, you know, to the sound to the things you see around you. So here we are, "Spring, the sweet spring" by Thomas Nash. A "Spring, the sweet spring" is the year's Pleasant king. Then blooms each thing. Then maids dance in a ring. Cold doth not sting. And the pretty birds do sing. Cuckoo, jug jug, poo wee, too woo. The palm and the may make country houses gay. Lambs frisk and to play The shepherds pipe all day. And we hear, I birds tune This merry lay, cuckoo, jug-jug, Poo-wee, to-witter-woo. The fields breathe sweet, The daisies kiss our feet, Young lovers meet, Old wives a sunning sit. In every street, these tunes our ears do greet. Cuckoo, jug jug, poo wee, to to-whit-a-woo spring, the sweet spring. Oh, that's a lovely poem to finish on, dear listener, isn't it? And we've been quite the journey through the landscapes maps and continents and small nooks and crannies of new life. And I hope you've enjoyed some of these poems. So this is for now Danny Mazevich, signing off until next time we share some poems of passion from the heart.